There's a young woman in England. That's not a picture of her, but she would, she would wear a golden locket around her neck all the time, never taking it off. People in her town and village always wondered whose picture was in that golden locket. Everyone assumed it was some romance, someone that she had adored, someone that she was devoted to, someone that she loved. They would ask her, let me see the picture in the golden locket. Let me see, open up the locket. We want to see who's in the locket. And every time, she would refuse. She never showed anybody. Unfortunately, she died at a very young age. And at that time, everybody was excited, even though they sad for her, excited to find out who was in the golden locket. What does it mean to love someone better? What does it mean to love Jesus Christ? What ramifications does loving Jesus Christ has for us with regards to our life as a whole, with regards to our purpose, with regards to where We are at in our lives. What does it mean to love Jesus Christ? To be his disciple and to follow him. We went through the almost the entire book of John right now. Two passages left today and next week. We learned a lot about Jesus Christ. We learned a lot about what it means to be his disciples. We learned a lot about ourselves, hopefully. I cannot think of a better place to end this book on than right here and what follows next week. Love. This is what it's all about. It's about loving Jesus Christ. And today, Peter and Nos are going to see exactly what that looks like. Broke this down into three points, three essentials as regards to this loving Christ, and then a main idea that covers it all. The first one, following Christ, is a question of love. I'm going to read the entire passage, and then we're going to go through it. Starting at verse 15. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
Peter was grieved because he had said it a third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Following Christ is a question of love. A question of our love for him. Does anyone know what this is? If you can guess it, I'll give you, I'll give you a dollar after church. <laughs> this is called a cupidoscope or a cupidoscope. This was an electrical device that was said that could test people's love. It was built in a school physics laboratory by a guy named Ed Kiefer, and it was fashioned from an old radio, ca- uh, an old radio cabinet a motor spark coil, and an electric resistor. So in order to test their love or their bond, a man and woman would grab the electrodes on either side of the cupidoscope. Now, you're gonna, the ladies, you're going to think this is really funny, and they would move, move toward one another until the woman, not the man, felt a spark, not a spark a love, but actually an electrical spark. The higher her tolerance for this mild current, the more of a love signal the meter registered. A needle decorated with hearts purported to show her devotion on a scale that ranged from no hope to sea preacher. Sounds like a painful party game. Actually, it was memorialized later on on what was known as, as the love tester. I'm sure you saw that in some of your you know, fairs and things like that. Jesus Christ is, is measuring Peter's love. He's questioning his love for him. Why is he doing that? What is he saying? Or what is he doing by what is he saying? And what does he mean by do you love me more than these? You see, this goes back to Peter's failure. What is happening here is a sort of restoration for Peter. And what we are going to see is actually a recommissioning for Peter. And Jesus is bringing something to his mind. Peter failed. And he failed in love. Peter was extremely loyal and Peter loved the Jesus who he thought he was. Peter loved the Christ of his own making. Peter was not ready for what Jesus was doing. Peter loved his old way of life. Two things that indicate what these might be. First of all, I think the most prominent thing on the beach are the fish. And he would be pointing to these things. Now, like I said last week, I don't think Peter was being absolutely rebellious or disobedient to going fishing. However, we do see that Peter and the rest of the gang resorted to what? What they knew. Jesus called them out of that life. He called them to a different life These guys go back to what they know, and last week was all about pulling the rest of the disciples out of that life, training them for what that's going to look like, reminding them that Jesus is going to provide for them during that time. But now he's focused on Peter. And he asked Peter this question, do you love me more than these? 
The second indication that I think this refers to Peter's old way of life is notice the name that he calls Peter. Three times. Simon, son of John. What was that? That's his old name, isn't it? He's reminding him of something. And Jesus is asking that question, asking Peter if he, had lo- if he loves his old way of life more than him. Peter loved his old life. He loved his old attitudes. Peter loved Peter. You see, Peter thought that Jesus was going to do these marvelous things for Peter. And when Peter realized that this was not happening, Peter said to himself, I'm not sure if I am ready for this. And Peter refused to deny himself and instead denied Jesus Christ. This is what it means to love Christ. Loving Christ means that we leave everything behind. Loving Christ means that we are prepared to deny ourselves and deny our way of life for his sake. During Jesus' ministry, Peter and the guys could probably go back to fishing, and now all of that is about to change. This was his livelihood. Jesus knows that. Folks, Jesus Christ asks all of us this question. Do you love me more than these? Following Jesus Christ and expecting that nothing is going to change is not Christianity at all. We cannot follow Christ and love him and expect that everything is going to remain the same. Everything must change, including ourselves. Our love changes. Our priorities change. It is a question that he asks each one of us throughout our life. Mark, do you love me more than your old way of life? Mark, do you love me more than your goals? Mark, do you love me more than your reputation? Do you love me more than your comforts? As I was preparing this, I'm thinking about the, those hostages. You know, I got up this morning, fixed a cup of tea, came into a nice warm office. And here we are with each other, encouraging one another. We have people that love us. We have our families with us. And I think about them. And I think about this question. Mark, do you love me more than your life? Do you love me more than your comforts? Do you love me more than money? Fill in the blank. What is he asking you? What are these to you? Sin is a failure to love Christ. Whenever you and I sin, we choose that which we prefer over him. We say, I love this, whatever it is. 
I love this more than you. Peter loved himself more than Christ. He was ready to die, but not in that way. He wasn't willing to risk his life for what he saw. I'm not sure why you followed Christ, but maybe you've gotten disappointed with him. Maybe you followed him because you thought he was going to do all of these wonderful things for you and those things haven't happened and then you're starting to drift or pull away from him and deny him. We have to have our expectations formed by what the Bible says. Jesus died for us. That's enough. He asks us, to give our lives to him. The love that he calls for here is an agape love. It is the highest form of willful, committed love. That is the love that he asks each and every one of us. Do you love me like this? That's the love that he wants. He asked Peter's, he asked Peter three times. Why does he ask him three times? Because Peter denied him three times. Three times by a fire, using his old name, reminding Peter of what he did. And Peter is painfully aware of his failure. And his answer reveals it. Following Christ is a question of our love. Are we willing to put it all on the table? Are you and I willing to give up who we are, who we were, and follow him no matter what the cost is? What's our response? Thank you, amen. Yes. <laughs> we should give him all the love that we have. We have Jesus' question and you have our response. All in the Family was a popular 1970s CBS series that made the curmudgeon Archie Bunker a household name. In one of the episodes, Archie's son-in-law, Michael, and his wife, Gloria, are in the kitchen, and Michael's eating a sandwich, and Gloria's baking cookies. Gloria asks him this question, and Guys, we all know what this question is like. Michael, do you love me? There you are, just eating a sandwich. And your wife asks you, do you love me? He, says, he says, right after I finish this sandwich, I'll answer. She said, Ma saw a movie on TV. It took place in a desert. The husband gives up his life so the wife can live. I was just wondering, would you do the same for me? We know where this is going, right, guys? So just be prepared to answer properly. And he goes, sure, honey. Sure, honey. If we're in the Sahara Desert together, you got my life. Do you have any pickles, by the way? Michael, I'm serious. I mean, if we're stranded in a desert and we had just enough water for one of us, what would you do? He goes, I'd flip you for it. 
He says, well, honey, what do you want from me? This is a very difficult question. It's hard to answer. Not many people know how they are going to react in a life or death situation. She goes, I'm just trying to find out how much you care for me. He goes, if you care for me, you'll just let me finish my sandwich. She grabs the sandwich out of his hands. And she goes, if we're stranded on a mountain, would you give me your sandwich? She go, he goes, I wouldn't have to. You would take it from me anyway. I, at least he's honest, but guys, don't, I want to take that as a template to use. Peter answers in a honest, lower form of love here. And it's interesting the way that this conversation takes place and, the, and, and where it ends up in the end. So three times Jesus asks him this question, but two times he uses the word agape, and the last time he uses the same word that Peter uses. Peter responds with phileo, which means a, a brotherly, affectionate kind of love. Now, here's what I'm not saying in this. It doesn't mean that we make deals with Jesus about how much we're going to love him. We're not saying, Jesus, I got 60%. The 40% is going to go to my hobby. It's going to go to my career. It's going to go to whatever it may be. That's not, I believe, what's happening here. Peter is giving everything he has, and he is painfully aware of something. It's his humanity and his sinfulness, isn't he? Do you think he's going to make these grandiose claims anymore Jesus says, I want this kind of love, and this is the love that Jesus wants from each and every single one of us. It is agape, committed, devoted, self-sacrificing love. But all of us don't have that right off the bat, do we? And throughout our Christian life, I think we tend to go back and forth. I think the only real way that we reach this kind of love is through the power of the Holy Spirit. God working with us in our hearts to bring us out of ourselves, because that's what needs to happen with Peter. But Peter responds honestly, I, I phileo you, I, I love you, yes, but, but understand, I'm a sinful human being, and Peter knows it now, doesn't he? And what, what does Jesus do? He meets Peter exactly where he's at. He understands, doesn't he? And he works with the love that Peter gives him. He knows our weakness and our strengths. He knows, he knows if you and I are loving him with all we got. He knows our sinfulness. He knows our tendencies. He knows our commitment level. And Peter says that, doesn't he? He says, Jesus you know all things. Jesus Christ knows how much love you have for him. How would you respond today? There is something that we can miss here. And, and this is why I'm just so thankful this, the, the book ends on a note like this. This is a personal conversation between Jesus and Peter. This is a personal conversation between you 
and Jesus Christ. This is the absolute heart of discipleship. It is our love for Christ. It's not about rules. It's not about regulations. How deep, how deep do we love him? And he asks each one of us, do you love me? Do you agape me? And you respond honestly. He knows where you're at. But let me ask you something. Are you striving to reach that kind of love for Christ? Is loving Christ a priority in your life or is it something that we just do on the side? Is being committed to him your main goal in life? And if not, why? I have to ask myself that question even as a full-time pastor. Where's my heart in all of it? Am I really loving him? Am I really willing to give up everything for him? I think this why, this is why it takes place at the end of the book. Sums it all up. It sums it all up. We all have to have this conversation. It's a personal reflection. Christianity is all about personal reflection. Where am I in my relationship to Christ? And what is it that might be hindering my love for Him? Do I have these? Do I have things in my life that are taking my love from him? Are they in the proper places that they need to be in? Is Christ my priority? And our love for him is not just to be spoken. It's to be shown. Third and final essential is we live out our love in lifelong service to Him. Notice how everything has changed. Well, in the conversation. Peter had this life, loved this life, Jesus questions that love. Peter reaffirms his love. And then Jesus says, this is what it looks like to love me. Your life is mine. You are no longer a fisherman. You are a shepherd. He changes everything. Herb Turetsky attended the New Jersey Americans' first ever ABA or American Basketball Association game in October 1967. He was expecting to be just a spectator. Turetsky, a student at LIU Brooklyn, arrived early at the Teaneck Armory where Max Zaslowski, I think they're all Polish, which is great. 
It's all Polish people. The Americans coach and the, the general manager who attended the same high school as Turetsky greeted him as he walked in. Herb, he said, can you help us out and keep score for the game tonight? Turetsky responded, Max, I'd love to. I'm here, so why not? Turetsky sat down on a wooden folding chair at half court and jotted down the lineups. And when this was written, that was more than 2,000 games and 53 years ago. Since that point, the team moved three different times to three different cities, played in eight arenas, and had been absorbed into the NBA. And Turetsky, the whole time, still sat in that wooden chair. He never left his seat since that first time. NBA official Bob Delaney called him the Michael Jordan of scorekeepers, and an article in Sports Illustrated referred to him as the courtside constant. He died in, I believe, April in 2022. A simple yes led to a meaningful, lifelong service. Folks, couldn't find a better illustration than a life of a Christian. When you and I say yes to loving Christ, our entire life belongs to Him. And that love is lived out in lifelong service to those in His church. In lifelong service to Him and His kingdom. Peter was no longer a fisherman Peter was a shepherd. And the love that he has for Jesus Christ, what better way to live out that love than to love those that Jesus loves, right? Right here. Our lives are transformed. No longer do we belong to ourselves, but his priorities become our priorities. His goals become our goals, and we offer everything on the table. Everything. Maybe he's not going to call you away from your job or, or from your home or from your family, but he may. Are you willing to do that? He transforms Peter's life. Peter's old life is done, and Jesus says, I have a new life for you. No longer are you that Peter, and no longer are you going to do the things you used to do. You serve me. That's what it means to be a Christian. We're willing to give it all up if he asks for it. And there is no greater place to show or to live out that love than right here with his sheep. And like the meme says, sheep can be difficult, right? So we, this guy doesn't want to be herded. Sorry, I couldn't, couldn't resist. But it's a point. What's the point is that we, we love each other and we, we are called to serve 
primarily in his church with sheep that are not always easy to serve. They, they bite, they smell, they get lost, and we're dumb. We're all dumb, right? We all do stupid things. We all say stupid things. But this is where he calls us to live out that love. And, and we see what loving the flock and what serving him looks like. Number, number one, serving Christ, it, we have to be careful here, but it does measure our love for him. The, it, because love is the motivation to service, which it is here, love is the motivation to serve. Why do we serve? Not to earn favor. We serve each other because we love him. And we're going to, therefore, love the things and the people that he loves, right? So because I love him, I'm going to love you, even if you're difficult, and you're going to love me, even when I'm difficult. Why are you looking like that, Ann? I see that face. Maybe Shan's like, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. But, but that's what it means. And if we're loving him, the more you and I are going to love him, the more we're going to what? Serve him. The more we're going to make ourselves available. It's a matter of love. If I love him with all my heart, then I'm going to serve him with all my heart. I'm going to say, I don't care what you have me do, Lord. I'm going to do it. Why? Because I love you. It's commanded too. So for Peter, it's, it's specific. And we're going to talk about the, 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 specific, the specificity of that. But it, this is commanded. It's not optional. Each and every one of us have a, have a purpose in service in our lives. Jesus Christ, if you have said yes to loving him, he has given you something to do. That is particular in his church or in his kingdom. Do you know what that is? And yes, there's a general service that we do, but he has a specific purpose for your life. You say yes to him. I love you, Christ. Okay, then do this. What is it? And are you obeying it? That's the question. This is commanded of Peter. Peter doesn't have an option. If you love me, do this. Second, it is lifelong, just like the guy in the chair. Once you say yes to Christ, guess what? Your life is his. It never ends. There's no retirement in Christianity, is there? Pastor Dave is a great example of that. <laughs> I think he's working more now than he was before. I, I love seeing that because it, it, we've had the privilege in this church. Uh, we're so blessed to see so many faithful saints go before us. And did they stop? Do you guys remember? You know some who I'm talking about. Did they ever stop serving? No, never. And, and I know some of them, when they physically could not serve, when they physically couldn't come here, what were they doing? They were praying for us in their chairs or writing cards or calling people. They never stopped loving us because they never stopped loving Christ. And the more love that we have for Christ, the more love you and I are going to pour out for each other. 
It's a specific calling. So whatever it is in the church, he's called Peter to be a shepherd. This is the role of a shepherd. He's a pastor. He's called them to do two things. To feed and to care for. So that's Kevin and I's role and the elders' role as well. To feed you, to make sure you're getting the nourishment that you need, hopefully. God's Word, right? We start feeding you a bunch of junk food, then you need to find a new shepherd. And to care for you in the process. I never want to do anything else in my life. This is it. Unless, of course, he calls me to something else. But I feel like after so many years of following myself, I've, I have my purpose in life and I'm, I'm looking at it. And I'm, I'm thankful that you're grateful for that service as you expressed today, but I'll tell you what, it's a privilege I never want to go to another church. Never want to leave this church. What's he called you to? Are we fulfilling that? I think one of the main things that stand out, especially and it's scary in this, but I think we need to remind ourselves of it. He says, my sheep, doesn't he? My sheep, my lambs. That frightens me. Because I don't want to mess up. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to lead you astray, leave you into a ditch. Have you turn upside down. I don't want any wolves to get you. But it's a good and healthy reminder, isn't it? And I think we all need to look at each other in that, in that respect. When I talk to you or when you talk to someone else or when you, you get frustrated with someone else or you want to, you know, confront someone in the church or whatever it may be, you're dealing with his sheep. You don't belong to me. I don't belong to me. We all belong to him. And I think reminding ourselves of that is going to help us treat each other accordingly, isn't it? And finally, we're different. Notice he uses two words for, well, he uses sheep and then what? Lambs. And he says that for a reason, because we're not going to treat each other like mature sheep, or we're not going to treat everyone like they're mature sheep. So lambs are what? Younger sheep. So they need special care. They get into more trouble, don't they? They need more guidance. They need more care. Now, I'm not saying we ignore the older sheep in, in the congregation, but hopefully, 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 the older sheep can somewhat, you know, care for themselves a little bit. They need a little less attention. They get into less trouble, right? But the younger ones need a little more care, a little more... Concern, different teaching, different type of food. 
And we're all taking that into mind. So it, it's, a, it's a variety of people. I mean, look at who he's using here. It's Peter. Peter's got a crazy personality. But that's what Jesus does. He takes who we are. He takes the love that we have for him. He takes our personality. He takes the, the talents that he's given us and he gifts us and he gives us a purpose and he plants us in a church just like this. And here we are together serving and loving him and each other. What a beautiful picture. Nobody is to be excluded from our service. Everyone is, everyone is covered. The entire congregation and each and every single one of us is responsible. Each and every single one of us has a job to do. Folks, this is what it means to love Jesus Christ. Loving Christ means a repurposed life. It is a bespoken-for life, one that is custom-made for Him. We leave our old life, we leave our old character behind, and His goals and His priorities and the purpose that He has for us become ours. We, we try to love Him with all the love that we have. We are willing to give everything for Him. We we give Him that love, and He works with us in that love, and He gives us a purpose in order to fulfill that love. It motivates us to deny ourselves and to serve his interest and to love what and who he loves. Loving Christ becomes the ultimate purpose in our life and is lived out in a lifelong service to him. And at the end of our lives, everybody should know it. What happened to the locket? Well, believe it or not, there was no picture in the locket at all. There was a slip of paper these words written on it. Whom having not seen, I love. Let me ask you something. Who wrote the verse she's referring to? Peter. Didn't he? What was Peter doing? Exactly what Christ had him do. He was feeding his sheep. He was loving Christ. I hope and pray we can do the same. Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy that you can use us even though we fail you so many times in this area. Lord, help me and help all of us here 
to love you with a committed, devoted, and sacrificial love. And to live that love out among your people. And to do so for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.